0: Hello and welcome to Cami's Supporters Club. I'm Chris Kamara and this is my podcast. In each episode, I'm inviting some familiar faces to chat about the football team they love and the music that they've listened to along the way. For me, music and football have always gone hand in hand. We all have our personal soundtracks that accompany our lives as football fans and it's this connection I want to talk to some of my favourite people about. In each episode, my guests will bring five tracks from their record collections that remind them of the club they follow and their lives as football fans. It's time to welcome a new member into Kami's supporters club. He's an actor, a comedian, he's a writer... What a career he has had, Ahmed Jalali. Welcome to Cami's Supporters Club.
1: Cami, what a what a pleasure! What a pleasure to be with a living legend.
0: Ah, I was looking at your career and the acting. I mean, you starred in some great films. You know, Gladiator has got to be one of the most iconic movies ever.
1: Do you know what? I still can't believe it that they. I get a tweet almost every day. And I, and I get tweets of people saying, I had no idea. Is, is that Oliver Reed fondling your nether regions? <laughs> he grabs me. People can't believe it's, it's, it's me. And, and, and when, you, when you do it, you don't really, you have no consciousness. It's just one of those things you did, you forget about. And then, my goodness, I'm very proud to be part of it. Did you go for a beer? With
0: Oliver Reed. (laughs) Yes.
1: So I was with uh, Oliver Reed for three days socialising. He was teetotal for about six months before the show, uh, before the film started rolling. And then I think he just went into one day. He went to a place called The Pub, which is a a pub in Malta. And he got challenged to a drinking contest by a bunch of English sailors who, he drank them under the table and he took a last rum shot and, and never gained consciousness. So it is very tragic the way he died and and cammy as you know he never he never quite finished the film and for anyone who's a fan of the film gladiator the ending uh we got robbed of the great endings because he's supposed to come down he, you know when uh when the, when russell crowe kills the 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 emperor and the emperor's dead and then he collapses dead it's it's oliver reed is supposed to come down at circus maximus and said this is the end of rome and I'm going to give him a hero's funeral. He lifts his body up above his head and he walks him out. And it's very moving, but they never got to, to shoot that.
0: What a legend. What an absolute legend. And you mentioned another one there, Russell Crowe. Yep. Did you get on OK with him?
1: <laughs> he was, a, He's a big Leeds United fan, amazingly. I don't know if many people know that, but he, he likes his football. They love him in Leeds. I think he was talking about buying leads at one point. Yeah, he was. And we were asking yeah. are you seriously because I'm dead serious, mate. He was absolutely serious. So yeah, he's a very interesting character, but a wonderful actor. And I think he knew he knew he was doing something iconic because I've never seen someone so focused in their work and was so dedicated to training. I mean, a lot of actors I've I've done films where um actors and footballers are together. There was a film called Mean Machine about 20 years ago.
0: Vinnie Jones and Wally Downs. <laughs> I'll be on the football
1: pitch and uh, and Vinnie Jones is talking to me very seriously about acting. He goes, I really want to take acting very, very seriously. And you've been in an Oscar winning film. Tell me about it. And then as I start speaking, he just pushes me. And I don't know, there's another member of the crazy gang who is on his knees behind me. So I just fall over. And they will go, ah! <laughs> it was so, these people were so ridiculous. But it was so funny to see... Uh, actors trying to be footballers and footballers trying to be uh, actors and, and 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 what I was saying about Russell Crowe was that he was really, he took the physical side so seriously as we did in Mean Machine
0: Well this podcast is all about football and music we met together on a music programme and I loved you from the day onwards uh, it was brilliant it was called All Together Now and you sang Sway and it went down a bomb.
1: Do you remember that? Well, I can't believe what was so funny about that is uh, I even beat you, but you're the one who went on to do an album. But it was a great show, actually. I, I really enjoyed it. Look, we, both, we obviously both love singing and it was, you know, f- football and music always go together, don't they? I took my kids to football matches and they can't believe when I start singing along, they say, shut up, be quiet. <laughs> I mean, I never forget watching a game where, uh, down one end, it was when Chelsea were playing um, Sheffield Wednesday. It was a very famous Milk Cup quarterfinal. And then there was, where the second leg, Chelsea were 3-0 down and they came back to 4-3 and Paul Canneville scored a fourth. Uh, In the first game, which was 1-1, I was standing in the shed, shed end, and right down the other end, that we thought there was a goal. And everyone started cheering and going bananas. And the Sheffield Wednesday got up with the ball. The goalkeeper got up with the ball and he kicked it out. And everyone just stopped. This chant comes up of, we thought we had scored, we were wrong, we were wrong. (laughs) I love that. I love the football songs. It's just fantastic.
0: Uh, Well, you've hinted there who your team is. So come on. Who do you support? Well, actually, hang on, Cammy. I don't know who you support. Yeah, it was my ambition to play for Middlesbrough and my dream to play for Leeds, and I did both. Yeah, I remember. And do you know what? You, you People don't
1: know that you had a bit of a reputation before you became the Chris Kamara that we all loved. <laughs> I, I, I knew you as a hard man, someone to be feared.
0: No, he's not. I had 22 years in the game as a player, and I got sent off eight times. So... Eight times in 700 games. It's not bad. That's not bad. It's not bad. uh, How many straight reds? How many straight reds? (laughs) Uh, I'd done Vinnie Jones once after he caught me. So uh, that was the straight red. Most of them were bookings, two bookings, before yellow cards came along. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm old, you see. Then again, were you like a holding midfielder? Uh, I was an attacking midfield player until I went to Swindon, in my second spell, and Lou Macari, who was the manager, had too many attacking midfield players. So he said, I've looked at you, and been watching you at uh, Brentford, where he bought me from, and said, I want you to sit and hold in midfield. So it was new to me, um, and you do it, and then, as you say, you get a reputation for, you know, stopping... The opposition, because that's what a holding midfield player does. Is that when you got most of your bad <laughs> cards? Uh, yeah, probably, yeah. But this podcast is about you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could ask you questions. question. Yeah, of course you can. I'm a
1: fan of yours, Cammy, and I've been aware of you as a player for, for a very long time. So, yeah, I've always been a Chelsea fan, only because I was born and raised in Kensington, the Royal Bar of Kensington Chelsea, and the first day I saw a Chelsea top, which is at school. There was a kid in the year above me came in with a Chelsea top and I thought it was magical. It was Magical Blue. And I remember saying I was like five. I said, what's that? And I knew how to play football because we were playing in the playgrounds with like a tennis ball. Sometimes there's no tennis ball. You play with an apple core. Someone's finished an apple and you play with the apple core. But I didn't really follow football. I didn't know there was a match of the day. I didn't know there was a big match. And then when they said it's Chelsea, I think that very next Sunday they showed Chelsea on the big match. On match of the day, I think they played with them. I became aware of them. They played Arsenal. And Cammy, uh, you'll love this story that I had my, my parents, are immig- Iranian immigrants, and there was a couple of guys from Iran had just shown up. And someone had told me Chelsea were playing West Ham at home. And I'll never forget, my dad was playing backgammon at around three o'clock on a Saturday. And these two Iranian men with thick must- like handlebar moustaches just said, we'd love to see a football match. I said, there's a football match on now. They said where? I said it's Chelsea versus West Ham. They said can we go? So we jumped in a, in a cab. We got to the we got to the match around half time, and we were trying to get tickets. And there was only a couple of ticket touts outside. He goes, oh you yes you, you got to pay a lot of money to get in, and, and they were like charging us twenty one pounds for three tickets, and that, and that was like we were completely ripped off. And we walked in, I think fifteen minutes into the second half. And as we come in, all these people are shouting, goes, Yasser Arafat. The only name they knew was the head of the PLO, which is Yasser Arafat. That's the only, but they all, Yasser Arafat. And they sat down and they were shouting at us. And I remember it was, I remember saying, what's the score? They said it's 2 1 to West Ham. And I'll never forget, somebody rose up and headed the ball in. And I heard a big cheer from the West Ham fans. And I was so excited. And I remember being gutted that Chelsea had lost them. I and from that day on, I was a Chelsea fan. I used to go by myself, aged nine, ten, just go to the, go to matches, and my parents didn't even know where I was going. I used to walk down; it was like a mile and a half walk. I just used to walk, and so Chelsea became my team ever since then. About seventy-one, seventy-two.
0: Ahmed, we ask all our famous fans to think of five songs they most associate with supporting their team over the years. So, what's the first track that you're bringing? To Cammy's Supporters Club, and why have you chosen it? The first song
1: is Pink Floyd's "Another Brick in the Wall." Do you remember that song? I
0: do indeed. I do indeed. Margaret Thatcher hated it with a passion. I don't remember this. Did she? Because all the um, school children were rebelling throughout the country.
1: I was one of those school kids. The the, the the target audience was all the thirteen and fourteen year olds, and I was thirteen when the song came out. And if you if if people I really ask everyone who's listening to this just to YouTube it and you'll see the imagery in that, uh, you know, you've got all the kids going, oh, no, you'll just another a brick in the wall. And there was something about that that inspired me to be myself. It's probably why I became a stand up comedian was because of that song. And I remember that I associate that with football because I remember I I was told off when I was about nine or ten when my parents found out I was going to Chelsea by myself. They banned me going. They said, you can't you can't go to these. You're too young to go to these matches. But then after that, when I was 13, I just remember thinking, I- I'm going to go. And I just went. I said, I'm going to go. I said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to go to the match. But I said, are you going to go alone? Yes, I was. They said, you can't go. I said, you can't stop me. I just went to these matches by myself and I started travelling away with the away fans. Oh, when I was 13, 14. So I would say that was the first song that really, I suppose, encouraged me to map out my life in general from that moment i knew that i was in charge of my own life and then i have to make the decisions and it came at a time when there were we had to decide o-levels and i had to choose between history and physics i remember thinking you can't choose between history and physics but then someone said, and then the teacher said it's your choice I said, okay it's my choice i'm going to map out my life so it was one of those big anthems for anyone who's like in their mid fifties now, they always look back to that song. is something that really
0: inspired them. It's a brilliant song. Let's have a listen. We don't need no we don't need no control. Great song! What a song! So, when you were growing up, who was your favorite Chelsea player?
1: That's a great question there was a player called peter hausman who was a, a left winger who i remember when after the when i started playing football around 7 8 at school uh, because i was left footed i I kept, I kept i wanted to be peter hausman and i tried to play like peter hausman very tragically he passed away in a car accident around 1977 and I remember going to Stamford Bridge for a special um, testimonial game for his family because he and his wife had passed away. So it was a fundraiser for his children. I've always remembered Peter Hausman for that. So he became a legend, as often happens when people pass away. But he was a really great player, passed away at age 31. And um, I would say it was always the wingers I always liked. So, and after Hausman, I think Chelsea had this policy of buying or developing Um, wingers so after that there was you obviously had the Pat Nevins Clive Walker you had Paul Cannaville uh, and later on you had Joe Cole Sean Wright Phillips Robin Duff we all love wingers one player who no one ever talks about who was actually bought by Jeff Hurst a guy his name was Phil Driver and he came into the team around 1980 he scored goals he would put in crosses if if you google Phil Driver (laughs) and then I looked him up and he kind of he went to Wimbledon and he got hurt and he retired. He was playing cricket. He wanted to play cricket. He just played amateur cricket for the rest of his career. But if Phil Driver is listening... I will never forget you because you were the most exciting talent. And, and again, I've, I've said this to many Chelsea fans. They said, what are you, what are you talking about? It <laughs> doesn't exist. I said, there is a Phil Driver. Yeah. And he was one of the best players who ever played he, for Chelsea. He's that a no one golfer, knows isn't he? Phil Driver. Phil <laughs> <laughs>
0: Driver. <laughs> uh, Ahmed, on to track two. From 1984, it's Sade with Smooth Operator. What a song. It's that's gotta be any your in your top ten Cammy, oh of all of all time songs smooching along to that
1: five to two <laughs> <laughs> i remember um I, I heard it on the every time I played it on the radio, I just used stop the car and listen to it and and then i bought i bought the in those days cassettes I bought the cassette it was in my car all the time i I actually ran the cassette down it well, you could play a cassette so many times it starts getting distorted and warped. And the reason why I loved it was um, I'd heard it, it came out in 1984. I think, it, I think I'm think i not sure, I think it was August or September it had come out and Chelsea had just been promoted. And uh, I'd just been to Highbury to see Chelsea draw 1-1 with uh, Arsenal. It was our first game back. And of course, Chelsea had been the second division for, for a number of years. So it was a big thing and I'll never forget the the clock end of the Highbury was packed with Chelsea fans and Kerry Dixon scored. And the place just went nuts. I was watching it. I was in the stand looking at the away stand and the roar and the sound. And I remember remember everyone was singing Chelsea are back, Chelsea are back. And then uh, literally, I think a month later, this song came on and smooth operated to me. I I remember being just being so happy that I was going to Chelsea in the first division and I was so happy. I was 18. I got my own car and I was dry. I really thought I was the dog. I, I thought I was the dog's everything. just all <laughs> going around. And you know, you place, whenever it's a smooth opera, I put my windows down so you at, at the lights and people could, people look at me going, Is that smooth opera? I go, Yeah, yeah, there's like cool song. And I remember because I lived in Kensington, there was, it, it, to me, it encapsulated something about the cool of the area. To me, it was the London sound. And I remember thinking, We've arrived. Chelsea have arrived. Shades in my life. I'm 18, and I'm now an adult, and that's why it was such a such an iconic song in my life because it just meant I'd arrived.
0: Do you know the story behind the song? No. Do you? Do you? What's the story? Can you tell me? Yeah, the story. A smooth operator is about a con man who is popular with women and breaks a few hearts along the way. Is that you? <laughs> I relate so perfectly. I, was, I had lots of... You'll
1: be kidding me. I, didn't even, I, I never even held a girl's hand till I was 21. So no, that was definitely not me at all. Smooth Operator. Smooth Operator. Smooth
0: Operator. I love the harmony. Smooth Operator. What is your next
1: track. Okay, my next track is related to the joy for Chelsea fans when Jose Mourinho came back. Um He came back in 2013. Did very well. Chelsea didn't win the league but we stopped Liverpool from, from winning, which was a big thing. It's when William scored down uh, the other end of the cup and Jose went bananas and um, it was the season after we won the league. And just before the end of that season, Chelsea had asked me to do another video to promote their digital platform that they had, they had a Chelsea TV thing. So we had a little Chelsea HD video. You can see all these things on YouTube. If you put in "omid Chelsea HD and I got to meet Jose and I could see why people like him. He's a genuinely charismatic person. And I, I, then on the way home, I put the radio cause I was so excited. They played this Santana song called, um, Oye Como Va which is a famous one but it was a different version i never heard this version at all before and it was like with Pitbull and I just put this Oye Como Va Mi Ritmo Gueno Pa Vosa Mulata but it was with this different kind of with a rap sound and I just remember bouncing all the way home going what is this? I remember screaming and shouting and I absolutely loved it. I always use this song, if I'm ever tired, a coffee is not enough. You need an energetic song to get you in the mood. And for me, it's always Santana Pitbull
0: doing a redub of Oye Como Va. Does music help if your team are struggling at all? No. No? (laughs) (laughs) You
1: suffer. (laughs) You suffer. And that's the thing, Cami, that I've realised. I always wondered, is this love of football going to end? Is... (laughs) Is this, you know, the number of times I've had highs, I've had lows. I'm a big England fan as well. Every time England do terribly, like when we lost to Iceland. Oh,
0: that was the worst. I was there in the stadium. That was the worst, yeah. I was watching it with a bunch of friends.
1: We had pizzas and it, we, we thought we're going we'll to we'll just get these, <laughs> just do these and move on to the next round. And I never forget, there was about 20 of us in the house. Everybody left so sharp. Because I And I, I remember playing some music. I said, well, should we chat now? I'm off. Goodbye. See you. It, it was like total depression. And, and I, I've often wondered, when is this going to end? This is childish. Is it maybe in my 50s? It gets worse. I'm now 55 years of age. I should have grown up by now. I shouldn't be so affected by football. <laughs> I just went to the Chelsea-Leicester game at Stamford Bridge. And again, Chelsea had, you know, Cup final had a goal disallowed, VAR. Timo Werner twice put the goal. And when you're in the stadium, you can't see he's way offside. You can't see he's handled it in. And you're going, I'm going nuts. And and I'm looking at everyone else. And they're all middle-aged men like me. And we're looking at each other saying, "When is this going to end? What is it going to end? <laughs> yeah. And you realise you're cursed. This is this is the beauty of football when you support a team Uh, this is the beauty, you've got the highs and it's the lows. And that's what life is. Football is a fantastic lesson for life because there are highs, there are lows and there are problems. And life is about problem solving. If you feel awful and there's a problem, solve it. Don't just think, oh, my life is terrible. It's a problem, solve it. Life is a series of problems. And if you solve them, that's the route to happiness. You'll never not have problems the happiness comes from your ability to, to you know, solve the problems in a more effective way. So going back to your question: no, when your team loses,
0: uh, there's no music. <laughs> <me> feel better. <laughs> Not at all. right. We talked about the club legends and the players in the past who you loved, the all-time Chelsea player: Zola, Drogba, Lampard, Desai. Ray Wilkins, John Terry, the list is endless. Yeah, who's yours? Well, for me,
1: um, when it comes to footballing ability, there's very few that can beat Gianfranco Zola uh, because of the ability he he brings and the, the immediate impact he had when he came from Palmer in uh, November of 1996, and he scored an absolute belter against Liverpool. And then he played for Chelsea a little bit. Then within a couple of months, England were playing Italy. And uh, it was an important game. I think it was a World Cup qualifier. And Zola scored. And we lost 1-0. And Zola was the one who scored. But I remember thinking, he's not just skillful. He's got goals in him. And because football, whatever you say about football and players, at the end of the day, it's always about your goals and your assists. I'm very much... A believer in results you know if if you can be a, a player who's good to watch unless you translate that into goals and assists you might as well be gone and zola got 80 goals god knows how many assists I, I would have to say it's zola but as far as club legend is concerned even though we sold him i have to say ray wilkins is my favorite player of all time only because I got to know him. He was a genuine um, he was a genuine human being, a gentleman, and had demons, fought the drink, fought all kinds of things, but never let you know
0: that. What a legend. Ray was my go-to guy. So if anybody pulled out of Goals on Sunday on the morning of the show, Ray was the fella. And he would come in, whatever he was doing, no matter what,
1: and this is not a guy who's got doing nothing. He's a busy guy, but he he,
0: he prioritized
1: you. That's wonderful.
0: Yeah. So it was a ledge
1: that shows you the that shows you the respect he has for you, Cammy, because that's a great show. That's a wonderful show to 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 do. So yeah, that's wonderful.
0: From Ray Wilkins. Let's move on to track four.
1: Santana Smooth came out in two thousand, and I remember. Chelsea had had an amazing season. We'd come third, but really should have won the league. I don't know if you remember, it was a 98-99 season where Chelsea bought... Desai was at the back. And Chelsea were just three or four games away from winning the league. And they drew three of their last four games. There was a 2-2. Actually, Middlesbrough. There was a 0-0 at Middlesbrough. There was a 2-2 against Spurs. And there was a 2-2 against Leicester. And it destroyed them. But I remember Chelsea were in the Champions League. And and I remember thinking, this is hopeful. We're very, very hopeful. And then I remember, again, this song came on the radio, Santana Smooth. I think it was the end of 99 or 2000 I was hearing it. Chelsea made... I remember thinking this is the beginning of something for Chelsea. And it was also a beginning for my favourite band, Santana, because Santana were always just... You bought their albums, but they were never in the charts. And for me, Santana was synonymous with the way Chelsea were always a kind of big club in the making, but didn't really fulfill their potential. They spent a lot of years in the second division yo yoing. But with that season, we had come third and really should have won the league. Uh, For me, the song Santana Smooth encapsulated uh, Chelsea's emergence back into the big time.
0: Santana Smooth, Rob Thomas, who wrote the song and sang it initially in 1999, wanted George Michael to sing the vocals on it. Oh, no, really? I didn't know that. Great tune. Great, yeah, absolutely. Great tune. Just to recap then, 1999 was when that song was out, and that was the year you mentioned Ken Bates was the chairman. Gianluca Vialli was the manager and Chelsea finished third in the Premier League. So, Roman Abramovich or Ken Bates? Who's your <laughs> choice there?
1: <laughs> OK. Well, if, if you know anything about Leeds and the fact that Ken Bates bought Leeds for a pound, and, uh, he, I mean, we called him the Antichrist at Chelsea. No, nobody really liked him. And I'll never forget, actually, once... Once after a game, I, I really wanted to get on the pitch. And I noticed after a Division One game, Chelsea had this kind of electric fence around because we'd had problems with the hooliganism. But I did notice if you hang around long enough, cleaners come in and they'd open up a gate that go onto the pitch. I'm thinking, I really want to go on the pitch. So I stayed after a game against Villa and uh, the doors opened and I picked up a bag and I started cleaning up, <laughs> pretending to be a cleaner. I was just picking up. And then I just looked around and some cleaners disappeared and I went on the pitch and I was running into the goal pretending I could head and someone said, oi! Someone said, oi! Get out of it! And he started screaming. I looked up, it was Ken Bates in his sheepskin. He was like doing this. Get out of it! And had never run so fast. But it was, it was the best 26th birthday present I gave. I was 26 and I was still running around the pitch with Ken Bates telling me to get lost. So no, definitely I would say Roman Abramovich only because, um, again, Ken Bates has such a reputation. But but you have to give Ken Bates credit for selling the club to someone who he knew was going to invest, not just in the team, but in the whole area. So, yeah, definitely Roman Abramovich.
0: Did you like Ken Bates? <laughs> no, not
1: at all. No. <laughs> not at all. Do you know what? I did used to read it. He always had a column in the Chelsea programme. And um, amazingly, he, he used to write very well. So, yeah. I liked what he wrote, and he, and he was quite hardened. And if there was like ever hooligan, the hooligan problem, he write and goes, "You are not welcome here. You will be dealt with, you know, in with no, in no uncertain terms." So I kind of, I didn't like him, but I respected him.
0: What about Dennis Wise? Then come on, because them two go together, <laughs> Ken Bates and Dennis Wise. Dennis
1: is not <laughs> one of the great characters. Dennis Wise, I played against him actually. I played against him. Um, in a school match. It was the West London Cup final. He went to a school called Christopher Wren and I was at Holland Park School. So we played against them a lot. And I remember him really well because we're the same age. And, um, and I was uh, centre back at the time and, He was known as Little Den. It was Little Den. I remember thinking that. I hate that. (laughs) It was always about, what are we going to do with Little Den? And you won't believe it. Les Ferdinand was their goalkeeper. So it was the school that had... And Les Ferdinand was a keeper. He told me that after. I remember, I said, who was your keeper? Because he was great. Because that was Les. That was Les Ferdinand. So Ferdinand was in goal. You had everyone say, what are we going to do about Little Den? And it was very difficult. He was very small. And he was very skillful. So he put the ball through my legs and... We, had, we used to push each other around and everything. And then when we met afterwards, when we were in our 30s, he was just very funny, very smiley. But there's something about that guy. I've never seen someone who was so naughty, but so charismatic. You couldn't not love him. And I know every Chelsea fan, when he was playing, from the time he came, around 1988, after Wimbledon won the... Um, Cup. Um, I think he came in 1990 to Chelsea and he was a winger actually. And I remember thinking he's great. And then when he went into midfield, he was absolutely the number one player at Chelsea. He, he, was, he, was, he was like Kante, uh, Lampard. He, he was like a Kante who kept scoring him. Mean, he was everywhere. And we absolutely loved him. He was, he was one of the great Chelsea legends for sure.
0: A little diamond. Right, we're on to your final track yeah it's got to be um clean bandit
1: rather be i had it on my phone and i listened to it almost constantly and for some reason um i had to go to los angeles for something and i remember meeting the singer jess glynn she was in the lounge so when you're on these flights there's a bar and you chat so i I chatted to jess glynn and um we were just talking amazingly. She recognized me and she because you're a comedian, aren't you? I said, yeah. And because that we were chatting, there was about four or five of us chatting and I'll never forget her reaction. When I said that song rather be, it's one of my favorite songs of all time. And she just looked at me and went, she went, yeah, it's a big one like that. It's a big one like that. And I just thought there was a kind of truth and humility in the way she described it. It's a big one because it really was a big one. And I think, it's one of those songs where I listened a lot when I was travelling, because there's no place I'd rather be. For me, it was always London, always being back to where I was raised, and 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 this was all around 2017 when Chelsea had won the league, and I remember I remember hearing that song a lot coming back in to London on, on a long haul flight, and we'd won the league, and and then literally I had to get to the um, the final the bash they have it was at Battersea so you had Antonio Conte and the whole team there and it was my first time doing stand-up comedy for the team and it was I was very nervous about it and and I was listening to that song on, on my way there because it was like saying whatever you want you there's no place I'd rather be which is London and you're off to perform for the Chelsea squad so I remember the first joke I said was that like, I've always dreamed of doing stand-up for this squad, but it's such an international squad, there's not a word of English spoken amongst any of them. But anyway, that's enough about Gary Cahill. It got <laughs> such a big laugh that I became more... I was doing jokes about them all. I said, I said Cesar Liquetta, he's played in every single game, but has he sold one shirt? No, because a Chelsea shirt is 60 quid with Aspilicueta written on the back. It's 540. It was all these <laughs> jokes. And the great thing was they were all laughing and they were all, uh, and it was such a good atmosphere. And I sat with Michael Ballack and uh, Ray Wilkins called me over and Frank Leboeuf was there and all these ex-Chelsea legends were there. I had a great chat with Eddie Newton and it was such a magical Night for me. And, and this song, really, when I say "There's no place I'd rather be," to me, it really is synonymous with that title-winning side of 2017, and the class I experienced at that end of year bash.
0: You gave me a chance in
1: but
0: i when I am with There's no I It's a great track your five songs were all brilliant, Ahmed, but there was no Blue is the Colour. I've heard that to death. <laughs> I've heard it to death. Blue is the
1: Colour will always be iconic because it was our FA Cup song on 1970. And there's, there's something about that song as well, which is, I think that's, for, that's a given. That's a given. That's a me. given. But But, but that... But that clean bandit song was especially nice because it's it's very modern. But but they're all great musicians, so there's a there's a musicality in it which is very high level with
0: kind of modern beats in it, which is why I, I just completely loved it. I mean, Dilali, your passion for football shines through. Your support of Chelsea Football Club is massive, enormous. You love them to bits. Thank you very much for coming on Cammy's supporters club Cami, I love you and it's just been such a pleasure thank you thanks for having me thanks for listening to Cammy's supporters club make sure you subscribe to Cami's supporters club on your podcast provider of choice and you'll never miss out on any of the action and if you've enjoyed listening give us a review and a rating I'll be chatting to another guest very soon as they soundtrack their relationship with the beautiful game. See you then.